Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Desk with me, Mami Senior Michet Thompson. In the next hour, suspects arrested in connection with the stripping and abusing of a woman in Kopela Fulani community of the Upper East Region, more as victim is found in police custody. On Climate Focus today, we'll tell you about a forward-thinking regenerative agriculture method which is helping restore organic matter in the soil, boosting its carbon sequestration rate and protecting biodiversity. A majority MPs to rise to the defense of a World Bank country director over his recent comments of Ghana's power purchase and agreement signed by the previous NDC government. I think we should commend the World Bank director for saying what is the reality, is an open secret, that yes, our PPAs has had a lot of um, enormous, um, how do we call it, um, impact on our economy. Stay with us for details and that live crossover to a public forum on media, hate speech and democratic consolidation in Ghana. We'll be right back. And to our first story, four suspects have been arrested in connection with the stripping and abuse of a woman in Fulani community called Kopela in the Upper East region. This comes after the victim was found Tuesday dawn. A viral video showed a group of men abusing the victim. They stripped her naked, filmed her and touched her private parts. They accused her of having a hand in the death of her husband. 
The victim was reported to have fled the community after the attacks following widespread public condemnation of the incident. The IGP has since engaged leadership of the community to assure them of enhanced security as it leads investigations into the incident. We'll be getting more from the outcome of that engagement between the leadership of the Fulani community and the IGP. In the meantime, though, let's engage our Northeast Regional Correspondent, Ilyasu Tanko, on how the community has been faring following the arrest and the return of the victim. Ilyasu, where and how was she located? where she has some family relatives and the sensing danger because she saw that her life was in danger and her attackers could follow up uh, in Zebila. So the family quickly uh, mobilized, uh, took their belongings and left the Zebila community to a community in the Westman Prison Municipality, closer to Wulugu precisely, to be precise, um, where they went and they were hiding. And so uh, the police, after investigation, or after the, the video leaked uh, through their investigation, found this lady in the Westman Prison Municipality, the community in that particular municipality. And as I speak to you, she's currently in the Upper East Regional Capital, assisting the police in the investigation. Um, Ilyasu, in which state was she found in? Has she spoken about where she went to and how she's doing since she left the community? Is she okay? Well, I, I managed to speak to her yesterday through uh, a third party. And then she told me that she was not the only person who was abused. Uh, it appears that the attackers actually went out looking for planning women to uh, molest uh, in reaction to uh, a claim that a planning man had raped a local woman in that particular community. So the locals, according to her, mobilized themselves, went into the bush where the flooding are mostly based. And according to her, five other girls were raped. And she said she was uh, with four other girls returning from the market. And you have to pass through the bush before you go to their camp where the flooding are based. And so she was with the other girls on their way home when these men said them and did that to them. And she mentioned that uh, another girl called Rukaya was raped by five men. And the police are also following that particular case. I understand that particular girl has also been located. And she has been asked to go to the regular district for a medical checkup. And then the police will pick up, will pick it up from there. So it appears uh, not only this particular girl, who, by the way, is also called Rukaya Yakubu. She's 26 years, and she's the mother of one. Uh, it appears she's not the only person who was raped in this particular case. As she mentioned, more than five other girls were also raped. Interesting developments there, but do you, do you have any idea about the suspects that have been picked up? Um, any charges leveled against them? Well, they, we understand they were picked up in the Coppola community. Um, uh, in fact, the police say they are looking for other suspects in this particular case.
uh, we are not sure the charges for now uh, because apparently you know the order given by the IGP, so the police in the region are not opening up to us. So as we speak, uh, we do not know the charges, but we do know that the police are looking for more suspects in this particular case. Thank you very much, Elias Tanko. Also joining us live is the president of the National Council of Fulani Chiefs, Idrissa Mohamed Bingo, and he'll be telling us more on their engagements with the IGP. Mr. Bingo, um, can you tell us what concerns were raised in the meeting? What, what, what were the agreements that came up after meeting with the IGP? Okay, good morning, Zarin uh, News, and I greet all your cherished viewers. Yes, uh, our meeting was rather a conference call. Oh. And I want to comment with the Army and security aspect who uh, uh, organized that meeting. And we were assured by the ICT that uh, they are not going to leave anybody who is involved in this. So we prevent such torrents. And true to his words, uh, yesterday morning we woke up to hear about four suspects have been picked. So we commend the IDP and his team for the swift action they have taken so far. But as your reporter said, uh, it is not only this lady in particular that has been a victim. You see, the report was coming in this pieces. So we are now also gathering our facts through our men on the ground to know actually what happened. But so far, what the police did, we are very, very much appreciate. We appreciate because this lady in particular is now in safe hands with the police in Bolgatanga. Uh, my information is that uh, they have uh, given her a place with her family, and the police is taking care of her, and even organizing to get a, uh, a medical psychologist to come and see her, and, you know, they are, they are, they are giving her the, the best of attention. So we are very, very grateful. We are happy with this particular uh, development. But then uh, we urge them to do their best so that uh, we don't see the petition of this kind of uh, barbaric uh, you know, behavior by, by, by certain people. Right, Mr. Bingo, I mean, let's stay a while longer on the suspects that have been picked up. Do you know these suspects? Are they members of the community in which you live? Uh, uh, well, I don't know them. I don't need to I'm in here. But my men who are in that area, some of them know them. That is the information I've got. Right. Right. So what's the plan on your part as leadership going forward to avert future occurrences of such nature? Uh, yeah, you see, uh, Ghana is a peaceful country. We live by rule of law. You understand? Mm -hmm. So, if I have been offended and I'm taking my matter to the law security agencies, all I need is justice. So, if you see justice done to us, 
grateful for your time. Um, Idrisu Mohamed Bingo, President of the National Council of Fulani Chiefs. And at this moment, we'll be crossing over to the British Council Hall, where there is a public forum ongoing under the theme Media Hate Speech and Democratic Consolidation in Ghana. We have um, live speak. We'll be going there live, and there are speakers such as His Excellency Charles Abani, UN Resident Coordinator Ghana ongoing now. So we'll take it there. The problem of hate speech is also being fueled by a growing polarization along partisan, ethnic, and religious lines. The perpetration of hate speech is also being aided by our largely unregulated and highly partisan traditional media sphere and also being exacerbated by the increasing access and abuse of social media platforms. Ahead of the 2020 elections in Ghana, for example, the Media Foundation documented as many as 582 incidents of indecent, what we called indecent campaign language on radio. And that was just on radio, and we couldn't even monitor all the close to 500 radio stations that are on air. We monitored around 100 radio stations. And even on these platforms, we recorded as many as 582 incidents of expressions that were deemed indecent. It is significant to note that the most dominant forms of such indecent expressions were, one, 313 incidents of insulting and offensive remarks, followed by 202 incidents of vitriolic unsubstantiated allegations, and 28 incidents of comments inciting violence. Of course, there were other categories that recorded a few incidents. While these types of expressions may not necessarily pass for a typical hate speech, they certainly constitute a potent or constitute potent precursors for hate speech. Hate speech has also been widely acknowledged as a dangerous phenomenon that can undermine not only democratic values, but also social stability and the overall peace of nations. There is significant evidence of how dire the consequences of hate speech can be. And this means we should, as a nation, never allow hate speech to proliferate in our country. Our democracy may have endured and withstood the challenges and implications of corruption, bad governance, and weak public institutions. But I doubt that our nation may have the capacity to endure yet another threat as serious as politics of hate speech. But the early signs are very clear. The truth is that we cannot afford to wait for a full-blown hate speech pandemic before we act. We have to admit that our democracy already has serious underlying conditions that will make 
a hate speech pandemic very disastrous for us. We therefore have to act now by adopting all the preventive measures necessary to deal with the problem of hate speech. And this explains why the Media Foundation for West Africa has a deep concern about the problem of hate speech. And this certainly is why we have convened this forum to support and elevate ongoing discussions about the problem in Ghana and especially within the context of our democracy and next year's elections. It is our view that there cannot be a better way of dealing with the challenge of hate speech than to confront the problem through a multi-stakeholder effort. This is why we are very happy and delighted and honored actually to be partnering with the National House of Chiefs and Kuno, we are grateful for your presence. The National Peace Council, Chairman, we are grateful for your partnership and the National Media Commission. Um, the Executive Secretary is here. Thank you very much for joining us on this journey. And in fact, I must acknowledge that the National Peace Council, for example, had taken the initiative and has, has gotten to the point of developing a manual that will guide our conversations going forward. I'm sure we'll hear quite a bit about that later on. I am confident that other stakeholders beyond those that I've mentioned would join us on this noble journey. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este... Comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And the effort to root out hate speech and to keep our democracy peaceful, resilient, and make our future brighter. Once again, I thank you very much for honoring our invitation to be part of this important conversation and agenda for Ghana's democracy, our peace, and development. Thank you so much. Let's give him another round of applause. And of course, the time to act is now, particularly as we get very close to election 2024. And for those of you who are election watchers, you know that every eight years, elections are keenly contested in this country because of the feeling that after eight years, for some reasons, some way, somehow, uh, power must change hands. 
Well, we now introduce our chairman for today's occasion, and Suleimana talked about the National Peace Council. Yes, they've launched the guidelines on hate speech and other forms of indecent expression. He is the chairperson of the National Peace Council. Let's welcome Reverend Dr. Ernest Edujemfi with a round of applause. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Winston. Um, the UN resident coordinator, members of the diplomatic corps represented this morning, the representative of the National House of Chiefs, the executive director of the Media Foundation for West Africa, Distinguished panelists for this occasion, distinguished guests invited to be with us this morning, friends from the media fraternity, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to chair this August meeting this morning as we continue to find ways to stem the growing trend of hate speech in the media space and in the public discourse in our country. This forum is indeed timely as our democracy is constantly threatened by hate speech. Unfortunately, the media, a significant tool for the consolidation of our democracy, is the channel through which this menace is being perpetuated. Hate speech is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as abusive or threatening speech or writing that expresses prejudice based on ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, or similar grounds. Ladies and gentlemen, democratic governance structures all over the world have at various stages of their emergence and consolidation suffered some form of vulnerability due to the behavior of their citizenry in the use of hate speech with its attendant consequences. In some places, the use of hate speech has led to violent conflicts with devastating consequences on lives and property. Hate speech, for example, is known to be one of the major causes of the 1994 Rwanda genocide. There is also substantial evidence about the, hate, the role hate speech played in contributing to the political crisis in Kenya between 2007 and 2008, and that the Republic of Cote d'Ivoire in 2011. In Ghana, the story is not different, as the phenomenon of hate speech and indecent form of expression have suddenly grown and have become a threat to the Ghanaian society. The proliferation of such behavior is more noticeable and enhanced during election years. Potentially, explosive political statements from different sides of the political divide were observed in the run-up to the 2008, 2012, 2016, 2020 presidential and parliamentary elections in the country. Hate speech and other forms of indecent expression have been recorded in several other instances in our political space.
in some instances, though not common, there had been derogatory remarks and insinuations cast by one ethnic group or tribe against another. These have resulted in some tension between ethnic and tribal groups that have the potential to disturb the peace of the country. Lately, social media platforms have become an essential tool for communication and has been competing on the media landscape, consequently expanding the path for freedom of expression. The strength of democracy in any given country can be measured by the extent to which the citizenry enjoys its freedom of expression. It is through them that individuals ex exercise their fundamental freedoms or rights of expression in addition to exchanging information and ideas. The 2020 Black Lives Matter protests in the U.S. and the Arab Spring Revolution in 2021 are examples of the formidable role of social media platforms in the fight for fundamental human rights and freedoms of expression. The freedom of expression or speech does not, however, give the citizenry of any country the right to either speak or publish without required responsibility. Constitutional values or social media are usually under immense pressure and the use of democracy is not left behind. Online media firms admit that not only extremists, terrorists and other undemocratic groups use the platforms to, ad to advance their messages. It is therefore imperative that Ghana, like nations across the world, must encourage social media firms to urgently do something regarding hate speech and other forms of interpret language. Act 818, establishing the National Peace Council, mandates the Council in Section 2 to facilitate and develop mechanisms for conflict prevention, management, resolution, and to build sustainable peace in the country. It is in the light of this that the National Peace Council in partnership with the National Media Commission, the Media Foundation for West Africa, among others, developed the guidelines on hate speech and other forms of indecent expression. This is to guide all of us as citizens, officials of various institutions and political actors in the performance of our duties and engagement with each other, especially in the media space. It is to help us act in a responsible manner to promote tolerance, inclusion, and respect for each other. It is important, ladies and gentlemen, to know that the role of the media cannot be ignored in this process. Hence, they provide the public access to information, create awareness and facilitate public debate and discussions that must be conducted with strict adherence to professionalism and ethical standards. Distinguished ladies and gentlemen, while hate speech, inciting comments, and other indecent expression can be used on different platforms and on separate occasions, the mass media, as major enabler of public discourse, have often been the medium through which such expressions are unfortunately used the most. In some instances, the media have doubled the evil or fueled or fund amplified such behavior with some exciting comments. Hate speech and other forms of indecent expression could potentially get worse 
when there is decline in professional standards or ethical journalism, which is further aggravated by the partisan ownership of media houses, the increasing number of media operators, and the attendant effect of commercialization as well as other challenges. Ladies and gentlemen, let us remember that Ghana is the gateway of Africa. As a gateway of Africa, must continue to embrace multi-ethnic coexistence, diversity of thought, eschew negative communication, and rather build on positivity of our diversity for better growth and development in all sectors of our country. It is my hope that our distinguished panelists will provide all of us or provoke all of us to redefine the Ghana we want to have. A Ghana whether, where respect will overcome hate and where diversity will triumph over self. Once again, you are welcome to today's forum. Let us contribute together to develop a robust framework that is able to prevent hate, indecent, and abusive expression. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much, Reverend Dr. Ernest Edujenthi, who is chairman of the National Peace Council. Of course, let's redefine the Ghana that we want, where respect, okay, where we focus on respect instead of hate. After all, as a country, we have said that our democracy thrives so much on free speech. We have uh, interpreted it loosely as kebi mamin kebi. It means all of us have a voice within our democracy. So if we all have a voice, that voice certainly should not be hate speech. Thank you once again, Reverend Dr. Ernest Edujenfi. Would now invite the President of the Eastern Regional House of Chiefs and the corner of Manya Krobo, Nene Sakite II, for some brief remarks. Let's welcome him. you're always getting professional grade products call everybody executive director the German I'm pleased to be here this morning with all these distinguished personalities most of whom I'll say this is the first time to deliberate on an important issue facing this nation today. And we must sincerely make a commitment to tackle this problem of hate speech head on. When one goes around the world, sometimes, to meet with groups of people, decent people, mostly minorities. They are always crying out for assistance on hate speech. That's where sometimes one will question the effectiveness 
of our democratic institutions. But then, one question that often pops up in my mind is that how do you make laws and regulations on hate speech where at the same time watching your back on the nation on the notion of freedom of expression freedom of speech human rights of the people and so on and so forth ironically the irony is that most often times in Ghana the major players or offenders include our legislators and other politicians on their campaign trails. Whereas our premier international body and the UN representative is here, the UN currently has their undivided attention on, and I quote, protecting human rights and preventing atrocities to sustaining peace, achieving gender equality, and supporting children and youth, unquote, whilst we are at it. So this means that the issue of hate speech is all over, it's all over the world. In other words, it is universal, an unprecedented problem across the globe among humans, and it evolves in a very dangerous way. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a few questions that need to be answered to clear my mind on some of these issues we have support that we are supposed to deliberate on within this allotted time. My first question, why would people hate? And the second one, I want to talk about the challenges. The third, political campaigns and their impact on the people. The fourth, whose fault is it? when our governments are completely having a hard time to ensure the laws, to enforce the laws to curtail hate speech. Then the next one, how do you, how do you preserve freedom of expression from sponsorship? Then the media and its role. Then the last one, some suggested solutions. Now, let me take them one by one for a moment. And the first question is, why would people hate? Sometimes people hate to satisfy one of their basic needs. That's why they hate the need of being accepted in the community or to be known by all or to be popular among 
among the pairs but most often times people are so much aware that negative news travels very far it draws people's attention more and politicians use this gimmick a lot all over the world and here in Ghana too and then the next one we have some challenges too a major challenge is that negative news and or this information are shared very fast through social media or better still traditional media by the time authorities get ready to act on the falsehood it has spread all over to friends and acquaintances over time that disinformation is ingrained into the heads of followers then it becomes permanent and no matter what authorities do will make any difference these hateful content over time also can surface and become popular among certain people it is happening right here in Ghana and more so in the developed uh, developed democracies of America and Europe for your Asante Fodjo in 2019 lamented further in an article that he wrote, and I quote, if there's anything that might likely derail Ghana's current democratic gains, then it should be said that his speech, false, falsehood, and incitement must be feared unquote and I like that a lot another potent issue is political campaigns and their impact on the populace it must be said that political campaigns in Ghana are a typical example of of how easy it is to gather citizens against their neighbor against their friends against their enemies rather than gather them for a given cause they are always talking about against rather than for politicians rarely talk about issues and they trot around the country rather and they find ways and means to tear down the opponent in, into pieces using hate expression hate appears in every discipline it is present not only in gossip 
websites, but also in politics, one would experience hatred where groups of people are, or where people try to find out whether you are their kind, or whether he's part of us, she's part of us, or she's not part of us. She's not part of our party. She's with somebody else. Whether you are with us or not. Who belongs and who doesn't be? Who doesn't belong? It is all over the political arena. Next on my list is the question. Whose fault is it? As governments struggle to enforce national laws to curtail hate speech. We are all practically responsible as citizens. The media, the legislature, the executive branch, law enforcement apparatus, you and I, we are all responsible. We are responsible for peace and security of this country. And we must be vigilant about it if in fact we need a peaceful society. Now, how do you preserve freedom of speech from sponsorship? As a cardinal rule, we must always preserve freedom of speech. Freedom of opinion and expression are indeed the foundations of human rights which support free and democratic societies. These freedoms further support other important rights, such as peaceful assembly to participate in public affairs and freedom of religion. My next question that I asked before also goes to the role of the media in all this, my next question, it is a fact that digital media, including social media, have strengthened the right to seek digital media, including social media, have strengthened the right to seek, receive, and impart pertinent information and ideas. However, Sometimes delicate information that are fed to the public are false and the misinformation could cause unrepairable damages such as peace and security of the nation. All at the expense of the general public be produced and shared easily anonymously. This ability to reach vast number of people instantly around the world is enormous. Last but not least solutions. What do we do then? I have a few to counter his speech and again I mean the UN expects us more the UN expects more positive speech from our leadership. 
And this goes to our politicians and the citizenry to show and demonstrate respect for all and furthermore maintain freedom of expression as the norm. In the legislative effort to control his speech will undoubtedly raise some concerns from other quarters that is an that from other quarters that is an attempt to silence the opposition. As far as social media is concerned, we must hold internet companies responsible for moderating and removing content considered to be against the laws of Ghana. Whilst we are at it, I urge legislators to consider what kinds of speech is protected and where the limits are. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much, Nana Sakite, the second Kuno of Manyakrob and President of the Eastern Region House of Chiefs. For actually, you very, very much, Nana Sakite, the second Kuno of Manyakrob and President of the Eastern Region House of Chiefs. For actually, he's identified the problem and he's proposed solutions. Thank you very, very much. We have a lot of institutions here present, but let me just say that we are live on the Chufianan International. Star Ghana Foundation, Ghana Institute of Journalism, IDEG National Media Commission, and Abantu. I'd like to also acknowledge the presence of the Deputy Ambassador uh, for Norway, who's here, Chira Holm. If you here, just give us a wave. Thank you very much. The Second Secretary, Australian High Commission, Hannah Crothers, if you're here. Let's just see you as you give us a wave, okay? We also have the German ambassador, Daniel Kroll, who is also here with us. Thank you very much. We have Naval Captain Labby, representing the Ghana Armed Forces, also here. Just give us a wave. Thank you very, very much. And we also have the Ghana Journalists Association here. Lieutenant Colonel A. Mate, who is also with the Ghana Armed Forces, is also here. Just give us a wave. And the National Intelligence Bureau, they are also here. Well, I talked about the Information Ministry being here, and we have the Deputy Information Minister, Fatih Abubakar, who will give us some brief remarks. Let's welcome her with a round of applause. Thank you so much, Winston. Mr. Chairman, and Chairman of the Peace, National Peace Council, the President of the EC Regional House of Chiefs, Excellencies, Distinguished Ladies and Gentlemen, permit me to stand on all further protocol and say good morning. On behalf of the Minister of Information, Honorable Kujo Oponkroma, and management and staff of our ministry, I extend our warmest compliments to you and also assure you that we are fully behind the Media Foundation of West Africa and its partners 
in their effort to educate the Ghanaian public on the impact of hate speech on our media and also on our democracy. The message is simple. Hate speech is a threat to democracy and a threat to the media. I remember my mother used to tell me stories about um, incidents in the 1970s and the 1980s. And she used to say that a young soldier with no experience, nothing at all, will stop the person from walking to the only media house in Ghana and trying as much as possible to seize the space, the broadcasting space. Because there was only one TV station, one radio station. So it was so simple for anyone to say, if I am able to capture the media house and broadcast to Ghanaians and the world that I am in charge of this country, the person was as good as a president or a leader of this country. We no longer live in those times. Times have changed. By virtue of democracy and the Fourth Republican Constitution, we have the benefit of multiple media houses, be it news, radio, newspapers, radio, and also TV. It is therefore our responsibility, as children of the golden age, who have the benefit to see and exercise the full complement of freedom of expression and freedom of speech as guaranteed under Article 21, Clause 1A of the 1992 Constitution. We have a duty to hand over a media space or democratic space that is better than what we have been given now. And the threat in the way, as has been acknowledged by previous speakers, has to do with how we use the platforms that we are given. Hate, hate speech, misinformation, and disinformation, and all the other conversations that are not nuanced, that does not take into consideration of the fact that I am churning out this information, they will definitely reach my targets. But beyond my targets are those unintended recipients of those information. So as a political communicator, as someone within the political space, as uh, Mr. Sulebrahima was talking about the data they collected and was giving out uh, the information that they had received, as to corporates, I was sitting there knowing that that bullet will not skip me. Definitely, it falls on me greatly that at an individual level I exercise that kind of accountability and restraint to make sure that I don't use anybody's platform to churn out hate speech. And I also encourage my brothers and sisters across the political divide that we also try as much as possible to exercise caution. Think about the children at home who are listening or watching us uh, during prime time and consuming those information and thinking it is okay to also express themselves the way most of us have expressed ourselves uh, using the various uh, platforms in the country. So I, I, I would like to urge all of us that our responsibility really is to make sure that we do not see either substantial or total collapse of any of the organs of states, be it the judiciary, the executive, or the legislature, because it is evident that in countries where people thought that it is as simple as a radio conversation 
talking about you know tribalism religious differences talking about political differences in the in ways that are insightful and that are hurtful and that will force people to say it doesn't even matter if i die i will do my worst it hasn't helped them and it will not help ghana so thank you so much for this forum and i believe this will not be the, the last of it anytime you reach out to the ministry of information count us as allies we will come and support you and make sure that collectively we are able to educate Ghanaians. thank you so much for the audience thank you very much uh, fatty abubakar who's deputy minister of information let me also acknowledge the presence of Grace Lee, who is political counselor, Canadian High Commission, if you're here. Okay. Um, great, great. Thank you very much for making time to be here. So it's now time for our keynote speech. And we'd invite the United Nations Resident Coordinator, Ghana, Charles Abani, with a round of applause. Let's welcome him. I know she's, good morning everybody, I know she's rushed out of the room, um, the, the Deputy Minister, but I, I do want you to applaud her in absentia for an amazing articulate delivery without a single piece of paper in front of her. She is indeed worthy of the position she occupies. Thank you. The Chairman of the occasion my own friend, Dr. Ernest Adujamfi, who is also the chairman of the National Peace Council, the representative of the National House of Chiefs, the deputy minister of information who has left the room, the executive director of the Media Foundation for West Africa. I also consider you my friend, Suleimana. The executive secretary of the National Media Commission, George Sapong, the President of the Ghana Independent Broadcasters Association, representatives of various embassies here, let me single out my brother Daniel from the German Embassy, Ambassador, Deputy Kier from Norway, and colleague from Australia, but other excellencies here present too. Um, those who lead political parties and represent the political parties, faith-based leaders, media, ladies and gentlemen. If I've missed any protocol, please forgive me. I always like to do this, particularly because I think it says something about who's in the room and who needs to hear what is being said. Let me first express my gratitude to the organizers putting together such an important uh, event to deliberate what appears to be now one of the most pervasive forms of violence on people and societies. In an era where information spreads rapidly and influences public opinion, to engage in an open and honest dialogue about hate speech, media and democracy is one of the best moves to maintaining our democratic gains as a country. It is also timely as it heralds the UN International Day for Countering Hate Speech, which is celebrated annually 
on the 18th of June to remind all parties of the significance of tolerance, peace, diversity, and a unified, a unified nation and globe. Let me also bring you fraternal greetings from the UN family, both here in Ghana, and thank you for taking part in this. This far into rush hour traffic, most people would have rage accelerated at least once. But not you, Lacey, no hard accelerations ever, Johnson. Because you are a safe driver. And like most drivers who sign up for Snapshot from Progressive, which customizes your rate for how and how much you drive, you could earn a discount for your good driving. So if your hula dancing dashboard doll thinks you're going to hard accelerate because you're running late, then your hula dancing dashboard doll doesn't know. Lacey, no hard accelerations ever, Johnson. Sign up for Snapshot today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents. And democratic consolidation in Ghana is the topic um, which I will speak to. The whole story is... And we have suspended it. I think that these are measures that we need to put in place. We have to ensure that that act works quite well. And the fiscal council that... A new sense of populist nationalism rising. And especially in our sub-region, this topic is pertinent. And I thank you for focus. Hotly contested form of communication, written, oral, symbolic, that is offensive, stigmatizes, and promotes or incites violence, discrimination, or hostility against individuals or groups based on their inherent characteristics, such as race, ethnicity, religion, culture, gender, sexual orientation, or other identities, including socioeconomic class, and that discriminates against them and promotes violence, including xenophobia, and threatens social peace and order. It seeks to divide. Let's understand it. It also seeks to weaponize. And these are important terms in understanding it. Because when someone says something, with an intent to do something, they are weaponizing. And I think this language is important to understand. It weaponizes difference and division rather than emphasizes similarity, commonality, and the things that will bring us together. And it is usually characterized by vitriolic content. And it is often explained away, as one of the speakers said, as a robust conversation. Ah, we are just uh, disagreeing now. And yet, in that obfuscation, it has huge impact. Of course, the definitions are in dispute because of that conflict that appears between the concept of hate speech and the right to express freedom of opinion and expression and equality. Whether written or not written, it emphasizes the difference in a way that is clearly unhelpful. And the UN Secretary General has just this year said, and I quote, hate speech is an alarm bell. You know what an alarm bell is? Ding, 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 be warned. The louder it rings, the greater the threat of violence and genocide. It precedes and promotes violence. And our history is littered with evidence and stories, many of which you've heard today, from the Holocaust, Cambodia, Srebrenica, against the Rohingyas, 
and many examples here on the west coast and many that even don't get documented because this also affects individuals and so while we talk to some of the iconic cases that we know about we must be aware that this is actually a daily event that impacts people negatively in his forward forward on the UN strategy and plan for action the UN Secretary General states quote addressing hate speech does not mean limiting or prohibiting freedom of speech it means keeping hate speech from escalating into something more dangerous particularly incitement to discrimination hostility and violence and which is prohibited under law and so I think the law is an important way to distinguish between my right to say anything and something that actually is inciting democratic my right to say anything and something that actually is inciting Democratic Joe Baka, we have details of these and many others come your way shortly. Please stay. And resilient. It involves building strong democratic institutions, fostering a sense of participation and civic engagement, promoting the rule of law reasons and exclusion of certain groups, hinder constructive dialogue, and promote intolerance. Freedom of opinion and expression are indeed cornerstones of human rights and pillars for a free and democratic society. These freedoms support other fundamental rights, such as peaceful assembly, to participate in public affairs, and freedom of religion, among others. The rapid expansion of social media platforms, particularly digital media, and the rise of citizen-led media people has also given rise to grave concerns, blurring the line between hate speech, freedom of speech, which is a fundamental human right. It is undeniable that the digital media, including social media, on the one hand has bolstered the right to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas and on the other, as it- the new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6 liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology. And own technology with an available 13.4 inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Over the beach may seek to diminish freedoms, silence dissent and opposition, and ultimately lead to dictatorship. We must be mindful not to use crucial to strike. However, it is essential to ensure these measures do not inadvertently limit legitimate expression or impede media freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, let us make no mistake. Hate speech is divisive and inimical to peace and security. And it cannot simply be ignored. It is profitable to those who perpetrate it. It gains traction in the minds of those who consume it. It has devastating impacts on its targets, triggering displacement, 
harm, death, and even itself begets more hate speech. It impacts and perpetrates and entrenches injustice. So, we must do several things. First, leaders must lead by example. And when I describe leaders, I don't just mean political leaders. Very often when we talk about elections, we quickly focus on our politicians and political leaders. But there are leaders everywhere. We have traditional leaders. We have leaders in government. We have community leaders. We have citizens and civil society actors who all, perpetrate, who all exhibit the science and practice leadership. So let us not point fingers because, as they say, when you point one, three usually are pointing back at you. If we want a society where we are free from this, then leaders must hold themselves to the very highest standards. They must confront it with clear courage of conviction wherever it rears its ugly head and certainly among their followers. You cannot be a leader unless you have followers. So anybody who is saying, ah, I just said it myself, forget, don't say that because you have followers and they are following you and listening to you. Ghana is known for its vibrant democracy and has made significant strides in recent history. We have witnessed successful elections, peaceful transitions of power, and a growing sense of political inclusion and participation among its citizens. Indeed, this country is a beacon of hope to many of us on the continent. However, alongside these positive developments, we must not overlook the challenges that rise, arise from narrower interests, equally in pursuit of common ground and what the majority agree. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.